ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. Hey, Center Point Church, thank you so much for tuning into your podcast. We are currently in our series, Building for Tomorrow. It is an exciting time for our church, and I hope that you enjoy this podcast. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, I have my beautiful wife, Avery, and then we have my sister-in-law, Kyla. Not beautiful. Multiple <laughs> <laughs> sister-in-law as well. This um, is a family affair. Kyla, you've year. been MIA for what months now? I, so oh, so we dramatic. We got you back on the I podcast. Know. A little travel bug. I know. It was so fun. I went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I think the, the last time you were on the podcast, Eric was asking you about a trip that you had gone on. Greece, uh-huh. right? Oh, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to just travel the world. <laughs> well, so, we just lived through you. Uh, we look at your videos and we're like, maybe we could do that In- one day. Instagram. I would say Instagram's fake, but it's real for me, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, kidding. All the highlights. Oh, let it be known. It's my real life. Well, Anyways. so back on the podcast yes, now. And you. so thank you for coming back. And uh, she yeah. brought treats today. I did. Starburst. That's good. They're all gone. Oh, no, there's two left. Kyla is the candy queen. I she am. has candy everywhere. Every time I come to your house, which is mom's house. But every time we come to mom's, I which always, is all of the time. <laughs> yes, we should, always dropping their children off. We show up unannounced quite a lot with our children. But I know it's always fun because There's she, lots has of a, candy. she has a candy stash and we don't buy that stuff at our house. So it's such a fun. Their house is so lame. I have such all a fun of the treat. candy. Okay, here's the real question. You have to pick your favorite Starburst color. Oh, I love this question. Wait, okay. Red. Starburst. Red. Okay. What? Red. Red. Yeah. Okay. I'm rethinking our life choices <laughs> together. Okay. This is actually a big judge on who you are as a person. I do love pink. Uh, that's Just so... the color or the taste of it? I love both. That's so, like, <laughs> vanilla. The pink, and I love the orange. The orange is the best one. So as a the Connie candy, Connie, Connie. as a candy expert, I thought you were going to say connoisseur. It, oh, oh okay. that's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. There, there, that's what it was. I got you. Um, is orange. Orange is the best. Okay. For sure. Glad we got that out of the yeah. way. Thank you for your opinions. Red's the best. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Thank you for starting off this podcast. Great. Um, So Christmas decorations. Oh, yeah. You got yours up, Kyla, in your mom's house. Have you you, you helped? Mother has them up. There you go. So I've been too busy traveling the world. I would like to say that I was the trendsetter for the Christmas decorations. Mom loves Christmas. And I've always decided since we started decorating that November 1st, all the Christmas decorations go up. But I don't leave fall out. Come September 1st, all the fall decorations. So you get two months <laughs> displayed of your holiday decor before you switch. I think that's, that's And good. I, I pitched that to mom and she loved it. <laughs> and so now they they put it up right away. I do think it's hilarious that mom did a girls only. Um, Audrey and Remy made the cut. Zeke's yeah. not invited. He, he, Zeke, Silas, Maverick didn't make it. No. Nope. My mom Lay did sure. because Zeke was sad <laughs> that he didn't get to come. She's like, he can come, but he's just going to sit and watch TV the whole time. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> probably. Sweet. Well, they right. loved it. So Christmas right around the corner. You Season know, of giving. That's right. And so we got into the sermon today. He's talked a little bit about um, the quote from the Santa Claus. I want to ask you guys, what's your favorite Christmas movie before we dive into anything else? I think it's It's a Wonderful Life. The classic. Mm. I know. I don't it's, know. Some people don't like that one. We used to watch it on Christmas Eve all the time. 
I loved that. I don't remember that. <laughs> Avery doesn't remember anything. Avery, you have a favorite Christmas movie? Um, don't say I elf. do love Mine's Santa elf. Claus. Okay. Is so good. Santa Hang Claus. It, I yeah, it but that's not a classic. It's a classic. No, Definitely. I mean that was like Christmas Story. That's a good one. Right. I hate the Christmas Story. <laughs> you know All why right. I hate source, it? Is because they would play it over and over. over. It was a great it. movie, and then it would end up being terrible because it was just I still love it and over again. So, fun fact about Santa Claus: the Santa Claus, the Santa Claus. Okay, not the man. Fun fact about that movie is I remember the first time watching the movie with dad and him hearing that line from Judy, the, uh, can, can you we say, say it? Yeah, seeing yeah. isn't believing, believing is seeing. So many seeing and believing, I get them mixed up. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he got to mix so. up a little too. <laughs> Rides of the family. Um, so, but he said, that's the perfect line for a sermon. And then I never heard him ever use it until today. I was like, he finally used wow. the line. Like 30 years later. <laughs> well, you don't have to age me. Jeez. <laughs> <Like>, okay. <laughs> so yeah, he talked a little bit about believing in order to really see. Uh, and one writer put, how we perceive the world is governed by our beliefs. Faith precedes sight. And I wanted to uh, bring up this little story study that I saw this week, um, a post on Facebook, and it's from a study in Harvard in 1957. It was um, a study that placed rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water for. On average, they'd give up about 15 minutes, and right before they were in exhaustion, the researchers would pluck them out, dry them off, let them rest for a few minutes, and then they'd give them a second try. How long do you think they lasted on that second try? Four minutes. So they they went like 15 minutes the first time, mm -hmm. and then they dried them off, got them back, put them back in. Did they have a snack? <laughs> <laughs> the research didn't say if they you had a snack. Maybe? So, no, you know, let's just go assume they did not have a snack. And then okay. how long was the rest time? The rest of just a few minutes. Just oh. a maybe few, they few minutes. lasted it wasn't longer. Days. Like maybe they're like, okay, we know that they're going to pluck me mm. at 15 minutes. So maybe they lasted like 24 minutes. I changed my answer. Okay. I, Go ahead. That's a good answer. 24 minutes. Go ahead. I Avery. would say what feels probable or in my head would be less time. Then give they, us a number. <laughs> I would just, say, just okay, seven minutes. Okay. They lasted 60 hours. After the first After 50? the first time. And it's for that reason that you said, because they thought that somebody was going to pluck them out eventually, that they <clears> treaded <throat> water for far longer than they did the first time. I didn't fact check this, so it may not be true, <laughs> but that is a pretty cool story. You know, So it, all I heard was, I'm a genius. <laughs> I, about I mean, you weren't, the narrative. you weren't even right in the ballpark, <laughs> but I mean, you did say longer, so we'll give longer. you that. Uh -huh. Thank you. 60 hours? 60 hours. So the conclusion drawn was that since the rats believed they would eventually be rescued, they could push their bodies way past the previously thought was impossible. So leaving with this, if an impossible... How many rats were in this study? If <laughs> an unstoppable belief can cause exhausted rats to swim for that long, what belief that you have in yourself or your capabilities or your faith, what what could it be that is keeping you back? Remember, you're capable what you're capable of, what you're here for, and keep swimming, never quit. Did you watch that movie where um, it was the it's a true story where the lady um, swims for sixty hours straight across from Florida to Cuba or Cuba to Florida, rather? But she does it when she's sixty four. She tried it once when she was twenty eight, and then 
Yeah, I, I got home and you were watching this. Yeah, so, but it was really inspiring pretty... because like no one believed she could do it. And then she tried it again when she was much older, you know, 30 years older. And even more so people were like, you know, you're, you're past your prime. Yeah. This is not. And um, it took her four attempts in her 60s to complete it. You would think after a couple attempts, yeah, you would just give up. But she just, um, and and I don't know, it's like what your mind is capable of. Yeah, always what you think that physically you can do. Yeah, and I think that's how God programs us, right? Like Mm -hmm. we are, um, we put our self-limiting beliefs on ourselves. God doesn't put it on us. And so I think um, there's a podcast that I listen to and um, he speaks a lot about like writing down what are your self-limiting beliefs because knowing that is going to help you break those. And I think again, we limit what God can do through us because- Our fear and our- Yeah, and what we think we can't, we're not capable of. We're not strong enough. Mm -hmm. We're not smart enough. We're not uh, resourced, whatever it is, you know, the list goes on. Yeah, and I think sometimes too, like you hear from other people too, like, no, don't, don't do that. Like, or, you know, and even sometimes encouragement sometimes is like, you know, it's really you and what you believe and what you, you know. Yeah, I think sometimes we look too much for feedback from other people. I think it's good to have like a couple people in your corner that you mm-hmm. know um, you can trust with your, um, like you believe in their faith journey and like you know their yeah. their place with that. And so then they can speak that in with wisdom and having a couple people. Because I can imagine, you know, with dad or a part of like the vision of the, of, you know, doing the church building, like if, you know, it was just announced, there would be a lot of like, you know, limiting beliefs that would put, but like it was built slowly with, you know, people he trusted and then, you know, the staff and then the board and then the leadership. And so it was this slow unraveling to confirm constantly like, yes, this is where God is leading the church. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And then, um, yeah, like like like-minded people, people who, you know, want, but also will like kind of, um, support it, but then also poke holes in it too, to find areas where it can be improved, you know? Yeah. Looking at the the goal, I mean, having the the future vision of the church, you know, the building for tomorrow, having just this, you know, pictures, the videos of of everything, but then hearing that goal of the $3 million, it's like kind of your heart, kind of your stomach drops a little bit. You feel like, okay, that's, that's a lot of money and like trying to like rationalize through it and be like, okay, well, if, Every single person gave this about yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like you try to I've like, done that math. yeah. <laughs> so so you're trying to like put it in this box of like what you can comprehend and be like, okay, well, if it if this happens and this happens, that then we can get to that goal and everything. But and know, then you have the flip side of the of like Edna, yeah. who's like, yeah, were you gonna say, say that. like yeah. that? Some people's faith is much, yeah. Like you're thinking too small. Yeah, you're, you know. Uh, like the encouragement from from people who are like, wait, this God's, is possible. God's bigger than even that number, and you're like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes, he is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I, I feel like we all have, you know, self limiting beliefs. It's uh, maybe based on our our past, our upbringing, or whatever, or maybe it's just based on cultural, you know, um, barriers that we kind of put on ourselves or our our church and everything. I think of the story of like the person that broke the four minute mile. I think I've brought it up on here before, but the first person to break the four minute mile running, uh, you know, under four minutes for the mile, 
the very next year, uh, like three people broke mm-hmm. that. And so it was like thought of like, no man can run math faster than four minute mile. Like that was the, un- like the conventional belief that, uh, in sports, that was it. Nobody was going to get past it and everything. And then one person breaks it. And then the very next like couple months, like three more people yeah. break it. And so, you know, leaning on those people that do see, you know, and, and that's just, you know, that's our physical capabilities. I mean, how much more is like our, our spiritual, our, you know, belief, our faith system. And, um, obviously the Holy spirit, like how mm-hmm. much more are we just putting the Holy spirit in this, you know, conventional belief system that, um, you know, we can lean on others, what others have seen to be like, okay, that more, more is possible than I ever thought. Well, in the scripture he used was second Corinthians eight, five, they even did more than what we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So it's kind of like, just they, you can still do more, you know, and it's, um, you know, you hear, you know, those people that have almost more faith, it, it, it makes us feel like, okay, yeah, we can mm-hmm. like, because we're all believing the same sort of hope in the direction, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, and that's why being a part of a church body is so important, no matter who you are, is having people who has walked in the same journey, but is a little ahead of you or in uh, different experiences that you can learn from and that you can uh, get faith from, um, you know, uh, you can borrow their faith of like, okay, they were able to overcome this or they were able to accomplish this. Um, I think like maybe I could like do that because like, you know, and, and they can speak into you. And we don't have that like system or like that community that you're part of. You do feel like you're doing it alone and your self-limiting beliefs become bigger and bigger and bigger in isolation. And it's like through community and through other people where God is working through them to work on you, that's like part of what breaks down those self-limiting beliefs, like yeah. as an individual and as a church. Definitely. Yeah. One thing that, you know, I had thought about that kind of was like a gut feeling, I guess, that um, just arose like when I hear like about this project is like, you know, the distraction of how much is going on in the world. Like, why are we not focusing on, you know, different wars that are going on or different needs that are in the community? You know, why, why this specific one, you know, and everything. And, um, you know, that's something that I feel like there's always another need in the world. There's always something else that's, that's going to come up. And so, you know, having a vision for the church and like saying, you know, this is what we're collectively coming together. This is what we're uniting behind, but there's still like that thought of like, well, how do we know this is the right thing to get behind versus you know something else? else. And so, I mean, I think that that's common. There's like you said, always going to be something else, you know, but I think this is a way for us to support mm-hmm. what's going on in, in our world. And it is a way for us to support the community. Like through this, we're expanding our reach. Um, and that this doesn't just include just the Palm Bay, Melbourne area. I mean, there's a whole online platform that we have. Um, and so I think it's almost, if you just focus on like, what else could we do? This is doing something. And, you know, like we've, I've been traveling, you know, mm-hmm. I've been gone and I, and I travel quite a bit. Um, and I participate every Sunday for our online, Mm -hmm. you know, I watch it every, wherever I'm at, I'm watching it and there's a whole community just online, you know, too. And it's, um, it, it just, I guess 
focusing on what there's always going to be a you know maybe not always a war but there's always something else going yeah. on and this is a this yeah. is a I way think, for us to reach it i think too like um i when you talk about like all of the issues i think that's what can paralyze you to actually making any moves on anything mm-hmm. because there's always something else i mean if you get a bunch of group of people and you're saying hey, we are going to list all of these charities. Where do you think we should donate? Everyone's going to have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's part of like what creates diversity and thought processes in a church. But when you don't have like a unified platform to move those decisions off of, which I imagine like the, the building for tomorrow is, um, you can't do that stuff mm-hmm. as effectively. You need like, you need a... a a spot where that is strong and that's healthy that can launch into something bigger. And I think too, like it's a, that's a common question because, and dad kind of spoke on it, like the prosperity church where like we've been burned in mm-hmm. the past with other um, churches or other people of big leadership kind of um, using their power for their glory mm-hmm. and kind of, um, you know, bringing themselves up and and power Mm -hmm. and, and finances. And so I think because we've, there's been like a stigma, a stigma to like a church building. Oh, they want to put, you know, more money. money Yeah. The hype. And, And, but I think we need to like reflect on that and be like, we go to the church. If you've been coming to this church, you've trusted this church. We're not asking people who just walk into the door unless they're compelled to like to give, um, we're people who've been a part of this church, like the whose lives have also been touched and changed by the people and the you yeah, know, and then the you experience know here. the heart of the leadership, mm-hmm. through, you know, because you've been around, and so I think it's it's those people that like we're really speaking to to like be a part of this, like be a part of this mission for mm-hmm. us. Um, so I th- I think it's hard for sure though. Yeah, and I think that. A lot of people are coming to this church from different backgrounds and different churches that they may have grown up in or different denominations and all, all that. So they're bringing those self-limiting beliefs into the church and, you know, what they've seen in the past. And so I think a big thing that um, I've seen this church do a lot is just having the transparency of, you know, this is what we have. This is what we're doing. These are, you know, a lot more like... Um, just vulnerability and, and kind of sharing with the members, the congregation. We've had, you know, several dinners where, you know, it's, you know, bringing up any questions that people have yeah. and, you know, voicing those concerns and everything. And I feel like that helps a lot of people just to be able to dive into it more, just believe more in the the mission when you have that transparency. If, if you know, you try to ask questions and it's like, ah, oh, we're not going to really, you know, address that. I feel like that can be a red, a, a red flag. flag, but um, just knowing that you know this mission, this this church is is an eternal mission that we are you know getting behind. When we look at, at it like you know the micro scale of you know what's happening today, what you know what things are going on, it can kind of just you know make us more nearsighted rather than you know trusting God and really really understanding that this mission is more of a step in his eternal purpose rather than just like this narrow minded, you know, Oh, this, this thing's going on today, this micro thing. Um, but yeah, did anything else stand out to you guys, uh, during the sermon today or any other questions? (laughs) It made me think of, um, you know, your question or like your hesitation when you first got that, that building project, uh, made me think of the question that I had is how you differentiate you're giving out of compulsion versus obedience. And it made me think of like when we first got married, 
I would like anytime we would pass a homeless person. You if, still do this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm better now. Okay. But I we would I would automatically like, do you have money? Let's give money. Let's give money. And it would be like no matter what, if it's a homeless person or someone who are like asking, automatically give. And you being a little bit more skeptical, 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 okay. skeptical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Words are hard. Yep. Mean. Maybe a little bit more mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, but I think you're you're a little bit more hesitant. And, um, and Mm -hmm. I think it, but it it did create challenge between me and you, like a lot of conversation and then debate. And I think we've found middle ground of like your heart being softened to like the needs of other people and like even like needs for asking just for money. And then my heart being challenged and my mind being challenged of like, not just giving because I feel guilty and I feel like, you know, I've heard in sermons that you should give to, you know, Mm -hmm. the homeless, like giving because you feel like God has compelled you to. And it made me, it makes me think like, that's how God wants us to give. Like he doesn't want you to like be sitting in a like sermon and they're talking about money and you feel guilty and you just go ahead and write down out of guilt. Um, and then you regret it. Cause then that's like not the kind of giving that God wants, like a regretful giver or uh, it's, he wants you to be faith giving, right? Like it being bold in your faith and being challenged, but also like there being assurance in, um, I don't know. Yeah. You know what so what's the difference then between guilt and conviction? I think, you know, I think, like what's the, because I feel like, sorry, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, <laughs> just finish what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people might be like, well, I don't want to give in guilt. And then, but really you're being actually convicted to give. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a very, I don't know, that line is very thin. And for me, I I think it's, you know, taking, taking the time to, to pray about it, taking the time to, um, you know, kind of search within yourself. Is this something that I, you know, am really giving to, you know, for, for the example, like you see somebody on uh, the side of the street, it, it almost feels like to me sometimes like I'm giving like lazily out of just like, this is right in front of me rather than really like searching and seeing what really God wants me to do and everything. So, but I, I've never, even if I've given out of guilt, like, and, and, and dad mentioned this in the sermon, like I've never regretted. I never thought about it. Like, Oh man, I shouldn't have given that $20 or $5 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have given our food. I'm always like, okay, well, even if I missed it or I missed the mark, like at least, you know, there was an attempt there, but I do think, you know, sometimes, you know, you have, you, you do have to have wisdom in your giving. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I'm thinking about being like a good steward of my money, it's like, if I'm just giving to something that I didn't have any research behind or any, like, you know, any like prior notion to before, it almost feels like it's not a great steward. I'm just kind of just frivolously giving, giving it away. And so I don't, you know, it's, it's that balance of like finding like that conviction and, you know, getting behind something that you you know, truly believe in, obviously, if, if, if you're truly believing in something and, you know, a lot of times that's just me having that, that guard on my heart a little mm-hmm. bit, um, with, you know, not wanting to just give to a, a random person or whatever. Maybe I, you know, I'm more of in this mindset of like, you know, is there a person at the church that really needs this? And, you know, we could give the finances there, but there is opportunity. I feel like for both. And so, um, do you think that you do that though? I'm not saying you personally, but I think it's oftentimes we're like, well, but we could give our money 
to this person mm-hmm. instead. Do you think you real? I mean, this is a challenge. Like, do you really actually do that? Because yeah. I, I don't know if I can say that, but you know, the it's almost like a discipline. Like, and I think about, you know, I'm a big runner and I think about, you know, I run every single day, right? So I run a set amount of miles, you know, and, you know, then if I'm in, which I just ran my first race and I didn't think that I would be able to like run as fast as I ran, you know, and I ended up because I was in the midst of it and I had so much discipline already mm-hmm. with my running mm-hmm. that all of a sudden I just gave it everything I had for right. the, you. Like you, you only have to do this for, you're super disciplined. You can do this. And all of a sudden I, I beat that. And I wonder if that same sort of correlation went back to, I give regularly my tithing. Yeah. And every single month I give my tithing. What if I redirected it and continue to do that? And I'm already disciplined with that and and do it just a little bit more. Right. What God could do, um, like I did in that run, where all of a sudden then I, you know, I did way more than I even thought I could do. Right. Um, so. Yeah. And I think, you know, this conversation is it brings up like you're going to have a lot of different personalities in the church and associated with like, just like how some people like have, you know, they're super strong prayer warriors or like they have faith without like, Mm -hmm. and then there's other people who like um, create, have more questions. And it's, it does create a healthy church body when we have a lot of different people with different, you know, um, backgrounds. And I think we're, we're kind of me and you are like a good example of like, like we are refined by one another, you mm-hmm. know, like she's, I, she's saying Eric, not, <laughs> oh, sorry, not Kyla. Yeah. <laughs> me and Boy, Eric, being married, uh-huh. we refine one another. You may pull me in one direction. I'll pull you another direction. I think that's what we have to do when we're in conversation with other people mm-hmm. in the church where they're like, Hey, I'm struggling to like, believe that this is right or I'm struggling with this. And then you have these refinements of one another to be like, no, you need more faith. You need to give more money. <laughs> no, or you need um, you need to scale back a little bit and 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 think about this more before you just, you mm-hmm. know, pledge. And so I think again, it goes back to we need to have a strong church body and you need to be a part of your community in your church. Um, so you can be sharpened in yeah. 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 And we're thinking about, you know, sacrifice, like, you know, talking to myself a little bit, if it's so planned out and so, you know, um, scrutinized to the point of like, all right, this is my budget and I'm going to, you know, have every, every penny. And this is the the little bit I'm going to give if it's, you know, all planned out that way. Is it really even, even sacrifice or is it, you know, mm-hmm. is it something that you're just, you know, predisposing just this uh, little chunk or whatever, what, um, but you know, sacrifice comes with, you know, putting, you know, your feet in the fire, you know, you're really, you know, actually, you know, doing something above what you, um, you know, thought is possible. And so, you know, building that muscle of, of sacrifice and it's not going to happen overnight. And so I think a, a good way for us is just to, like we've, we've gotten into is just the tithing is just having that, you know, consistent tithe be something that we're, you know, doing, and it just becomes this habit that can, can you know, grow that muscle of, of being more generous in giving. Um, anything else stand out to you guys today? I mean, I think that it could be summed up in that initial video that they showed about last night, the prayer service mm-hmm. with the teenagers at 5 a.m., 
praising God, like that's our future. That is the direction that we're going as a church. Those teenagers, I mean, if there is not a better reason for us all to support the direction of this church, if you watch that video of those kids, um, it's definitely like, wow, I need to have faith like they did, Mm -hmm. you know, that they did at 5 a.m., you know? Yeah. Praising God. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think of like, um, when the initial video, like this, the initial, um, sermon that they brought the church that, um, opened up, you know, the building for Morrow project and introduced the project to the church and they showed the video and like the energy in the room of excitement and mm-hmm. of joy, like, and like, we like the people I could feel the sense and I felt I was part of that. Like I could feel the sense of people could see it, like mm-hmm. the need for it and the importance and the movement in the church that was going to happen because of it. And I think it's still there, but I think sometimes again, those self-limiting beliefs come in and they, um, they creep in and with little voices of doubt maybe. And you're like, I don't know, maybe what, what can we give? Can we give anything or, um, how is this going to happen? And, you know, and so I think like, let the, the initial faith and like be, that is what you hang like true to. Like when God has put something in your heart and this is beyond, you know, like just building from tomorrow, but like when God puts something in your heart of excitement, it's going to be tried to be like stag, like, destroyed by Satan just because he wants to prevent that. And so like go back to that initial like thing that was put in you by yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Lean into any, the, the resistance is, is not, you know, we, we can lean into that. And I think that, you know, like we're seeing that, that generational unification that is bringing about because of this project, because of that building for tomorrow, I'm excited to see what's yeah, going to happen. Definitely. So, Do you um, think that we're going to be able to um, get out of this hot closet that we're in? <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> so we, hot in here. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have a room for, uh, for a podcast. Keep us, about that. keep us in the hot closet. <laughs> uh, well, thank the you guys. The sacrifices we made. <laughs> I know, right? Well, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, we will see you next week. Have a good one.